Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess and your coach, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. Chick 911 coming off a beautiful Christmas day yesterday. So Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I hope that you had wonderful season, wonderful time with your families, your loved ones. And if you were working, thank you so much for working. Yesterday, we went to my mom, my stepdad and I, we went to go see that new Mary Poppins movie. And that is an interesting film. It is, it's like a Broadway show in a movie. And we were in the second row. So it was like, woo! (laughs) But it's like a lot of colors. There's a lot of things happening in there. But I, you know what, looking on that movie, looking back on that movie, it really ends on such an uplifting note. And it's, it was really cool what they did. There's a lot of parallels and a lot of kind of like the next step, if you would, or like a lateral step of some of like the core songs and the, and the core themes in the original movie with um, Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. But it, the movie, like they, the family's navigating through some scary times and the movie only takes place over like it's a short period of time. I think it's maybe like a less than a week is the time frame of this movie, and it, it was it. There's a lot of great like coaching concepts in there, and a lot of really strong takeaways on having the right perspective and as you're navigating through trying times and what you do. Like, how do you communicate with children? How do you step up into your power? And, you know, how do you, how do you trust that things will work out well? And it it was, I, you know what? I really, I I liked how the movie ended. I loved how I felt. And one of the, the key themes in this movie was follow the light. And um, it, it was part of this whole song that uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil any of it. But it, for me, that was like one of the most fundamental takeaways is to follow the light. And I thought we would do a podcast on this because I know that, first of all, sometimes the holidays are like a brutal time for a lot of people. And for any number of reasons, whether it's death, whether, you know, you don't have what it is that you'd like to have in terms of relationship or or people around you during the holidays. I, I totally get it. And I thought what we could do is actually pull together some transformational life coaching, some champion mindset coaching, and also to a large extent, organizational leadership, like all in one to give you or your people some some semblances on what essentially it starts as like a mindset paradigm shift on how you're viewing a situation. And what I want to do is I'd like to take a, a little bit more of, I think, what's the word, a thoughtful approach to this that I know oftentimes if you are not in a happy place and people just kind of come at you and they're like, you have to, you know, choose joy and you, you, you blah, blah, blah. This is what you have to do that you, this is what you have to do. But inside, like you're just not feeling it. I have been there. I totally get it. What I'd like to do, if you're interested in that is to drop some, you know, 
nourishment on the ground for things that may change or may not change your position. But I think when you are looking to make course correction, that's probably the better way to intro this, is that when you're looking to make course correction, depending on where you are mentally, where you work, who you hang around with, like it can seem like at least for me, I used to feel like something was always pulling my heart down. Like every, every day it was like, I had like physical symptom, not like chest pain, but it was like something inside of me. It was just like weighted down. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I always walked around with a frown, but it like inside something felt fundamentally wrong. And even when I, you know, had achieved different goals professionally, even when I went on vacations, even when I was with friends or even, you know, when I was with boyfriends or whomever, like inside something fundamentally was off. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. It just either felt like a void or it just felt like like something was pulling me down. And I I I don't know how else to explain it. That was that was mine. And for me to try to forecast a vision for the future. Like it was very easy for me to envision like where I wanted to live, where I wanted to work, like all that stuff. And it was, I was in great environments that fostered growth. And so that growth, like it was exponential and it was constant, but still inside was like this nagging kind of like pull down. And I remember one day, this was when I was working as a flight nurse, we were sitting in our, it was our dispatch room and it was, I don't know, but quarter to seven in the morning, the sun was just coming up. And I remember thinking to myself, I saw this guy, he was one of the housekeepers for the hospital and he was walking and he just had like this pep in his step. And I started thinking to myself, you know what, this dude, he probably makes minimum wage. Okay. So at the time, I don't know how much minimum wages was like, what, eight bucks an hour or something like that. And here I am, this nurse, you know, granted, I've worked my way up the ladder, if you would, up chain, you know, I have the position that I want, everything should be good. And this guy, he's just, you know, skipping along, like without a care in the world. And I started thinking to myself, like, I must be so selfish, like nothing is good enough for me. Here's this guy, he's just, you know, going along, He's he cleans the hospital for a living. And most of the housekeepers like lived local, so they would walk to and from work or to and from the bus stop. And I just remember, like, it was for me like that aha moment, like, girl, you got to do something because there's no reason for you to be feeling like this. But I didn't feel that it was a depression, if you would. I don't know how I was able to make that distinction. I felt like something needed to change. And at that moment, I knew that it was me. And still, again, money was fine. I was going, you know, um, did I, I don't think I started competing yet, but I was, you know, still able to go on vacations. And it, but it was just like something was pulling from in, like my heart was being weighed down. 
And it wasn't long after that, I started hanging around a different group of people. It was actually a group of entrepreneurs who started bringing in what we now like pretty much know it's a, it's a common thing as, as personal development, but it was still way off the radar at that time. And one of our coaches started talking about, um, eliminating negativity from your life. And I'll tell you what, like being in the medical field, I never really thought about everything being negative because our approach is to make things better. But after like years and years, like looking back retrospectively, and I'm sure everybody around me knew this, but when you're in it, you don't always realize it. You start to get what you call like a realistic perspective on people. And when you work in emergency services, your perspective on people and humankind is not positive at all. I mean, you are literally, you're around death and dying, like every single minute of every single day. And even though you work and your job is to make it better, you're just, I mean, you're around complaining all the time. You see the worst of the worst. And we were a trauma center. And definitely when I was in flight, like we saw the worst of the worst because we had to go get them from, you know, a community hospital or from an accident scene. And you saw people who were victims of abuse. I mean, we saw babies who were dipped in hot water and we had to go get them and take them back to the burn center. I mean, we, you see the outcome of poor human behavior and it starts to change your perspective on a lot of things. Now, granted, it makes you very open and like very wide eyes open to events in the world like you see trends, like you notice like the drug trends through the country. Like we saw this like years ago, we saw the evolution of what we now call like bad heroin. Like we saw that a long time ago. So it makes you very like aware of the shit, but the outcome is that it, at least for me, it, it it made me very sarcastic or I allowed it, let me verb, uh, word this correctly, it, it came out of my mouth. I allowed it to change how I spoke. It, I was very sarcastic, complained a lot. And it was, I mean, that's like part of the ER nurse culture, if you would. So I'm surrounded by it. It doesn't seem abnormal. Like that's just what you do. And you need some sort of an outlet. Like I will own that 100%. But that is not compatible with your personal life. And it's not compatible with growth to the next level. Because when you're looking to go to your quote unquote next level, whatever that is, like you're opening up your business, you're looking to you know champion your health and fitness, even your finances, you cannot take that mindset and expect it to help you rise at the next level. Now, what does this have to do with the movie Mary Poppins is it's follow the light was the key word and, you know, choose a vehicle that's going to elevate you and lift you. And when you choose the right one, that's exactly what it does. And perhaps where you are is not a mistake. Okay, so for me, I 100% believe that nursing for me was a calling. 
I totally believe it. I never, I never wanted to be a nurse. There was like this moment I was at college. I was actually pre-med. I was a psych major taking all like the normal like bio and chemistries and calculus and all these things. And just one day I was like, I'm going to be a nurse. And it switched so radically. I know that that was a calling and um, money was never on the radar for me. Like that's, and I had a wonderful career, met the best people. And even though obviously it's a highly negative environment, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, like you get to see the fighter in people and you are in people's lives at the worst possible moment. And that for me, that's the ultimate privilege. However, it's not always meant to be permanent. When I walked into the nursing school to put in an application, I knew that I wasn't going to be working in that capacity forever. Okay, this is like part of my story here. I didn't know what the next thing was going to be. I just knew that I say it wasn't meant to be a long-term strategy. I didn't know what the next thing was going to be. All I knew is that I wanted to have, I wanted to fix the finances of my family. I wanted to be able to have more freedom to go and do like fun things um, and live a nice lifestyle. But I didn't want to have, I think at the core of it was not just the stuff. It was, I didn't want to constantly be plagued by this issue of finance, of not having enough money. But I didn't know, like in early phases, I didn't even give a whole lot of thought as to what the next thing was. It wasn't until I got farther into my nursing career that I was, you know, thinking about this timeline, like, I, I can't stay here, what, what's going to be next for me? And I started exploring different avenues. Now, I went back to grad school, and ugh, it just, it wasn't right. Like that pulling down feeling was still inside of my heart. And, you know, I had an easy pathway. I could have gone to what nurses, it's an anesthesia school, make very, very, very good money. But for me, it wasn't the right fit. And there came a point where you have to make a decision one way or the other. And granted, like I had wonderful opportunities. I had the chance to become, you know, a public speaker and develop my capacity as an educator. And then as a coach, like it was all part of my journey, but eventually that chapter, that book rather is closed. And one of the reasons why I can't go back is because the environment is so overtly negative. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when you are not in that environment anymore, you go back and you're like, oh my God, I forgot like <laughs> how bad this was. But what happened was while I was still a nurse and there was, I think that the, like it came to like a, a, a mountainous point where one year, I swear to God, all I did was complain for a solid year. I mean, it was bad. Like my poor sister, I, she was on the phone with me and it was just like, blah, 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 blah. like nonstop complaining. The guy that I was dating, he like same thing with him. And he told me one day he was like, just stop. And he put like an end to like, it becomes addictive when you are in that negative all the time. And then it's one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And it can be hard because you don't know anything else than the negative. 
and you're used to being around people who do the same thing. So like this cycle of energy is like unending, but when you're not in the light, quote unquote, it can be hard to, I think, first recognize that you're not in the light. Number two, change your behavior to move into areas of uplift. Does that make sense? Because it, this is just part of your normal behavior. And what we know with your day-to-day behavior, your habits, your mindset, it, it ties into your biochemistry, like how your brain chemicals are set. And when you change that, this is the same thing that we experience like with food addictions. When you change how you're eating from fast food to more like whole food, like real stuff that you do fine for a while, but your body starts sending out these food cravings to you because it's going through withdrawal. Like you've, you've messed up the, the concentration of your brain chemicals, if you would, and it, it causes you to have these terrible cravings. And it's the same thing when you change behaviors. Like you can, you know, try to get out of this negative cesspool, if you would, and when you try to change it, all of a sudden, like you oddly miss, you know, like, the adrenaline hit or the feel good hit or that that relief that you get from complaining or or being in that negative and it's hard to make that switch it's hard to make the switch it was for me when you didn't know I didn't know what the next thing was this is all that I know and this is my bread and butter right here I've my whole entire everything is tied up in in this whole lifestyle And it wasn't until I started hanging around individuals who themselves stepped out of what we call the cesspool. And that's not meant to be insulting or disrespectful to anybody who works there. For me, that was... It, it didn't fit me that, that I, for me, I was affected greatly. Like I had that constant pulling down of my heart all the time. And that was when I had, you know, stable financial situation. Now do a 180 flip. My finances right now as a startup coach individual here, they're under control, but I, in no way, like, Am I to the same level that I was as a nurse who was, you know, 10, 15 years into her career? It's just different. But I'll tell you, the lightness of my heart is 180 degrees different from what it was when I was at the pinnacle of my career. Does that make sense? And I think that you hear this a lot about people who leave their six-figure corporate jobs and, and you hear that they make that transition and how you choose to do it is unique to your your situation, your dreams, your aspirations, your visions for the future. But I think it's also hard to see a vision for the future when you're in muck and mire all the time. And it wasn't until I had a few key moments of, well, you know, why is that dude bopping down the street without a care in the world? Like, I must be ungrateful. Like, there must be something wrong with me. And there's probably a lot of truth to that. But when you are used to, as I am by habit, by nature, by training, used to finding a problem, right? That's as nurses, that's what we do. Um, you know, as like a contributor to a household. And for us, 
you know, we had an interesting dynamic growing up where, you know, we had some very adult responsibilities as very, very young children. So you tend to, you know, your maturity level goes up and, and you become like a problem solver and a key contributor to the household. You know, what's the problem? You're always finding the problem, always finding what's wrong. The intent is good, but it tends to keep you in that negative spot of this is the problem, like you never rise up out of it. And so to make that transference in towards of like, all right, what do we create that's light? What do we, you know, who do we surround ourselves with who has a positive view on life? Even though the people who we hang around make us laugh, you know, their jokes and their wit and their humor, you know, it, we like, they're pretty much speaking truth over here, but you never walk away feeling light and uplifted. I think you only feel validated. That's how I felt. And Again, it's not meant as a disrespect, but I knew as I continued hanging around individuals who produced their way out of having a job and became investors, they had very, you know, well-growing and profitable businesses, and even high-level athletes, which is why we bring in champion mindset coaching to a lot of things that we do. It's the vantage point is 100% different. Yeah, there's going to be obstacles. Yeah, there's this, but you are 100% in the driver's seat and you have to be a very tough guardian of where you allow your personal self to be and what you allow into your mind. Your brain is much like a sponge. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk you through the transition of, all right, well, maybe right now I'm not following the light, okay? Like, I don't even see a light. I'm just like in some tunnel. I'm in muck and mire. Maybe you've made the realization everybody around you is negative. Well, guess what? Like, birds of a feather flock together. So yeah, like, you know, own your junk. But what I'm going to tell you is that when you are making that realization or you're looking to do something different so that you can feel something different, permanent change, it happens at the level of your heart, but your mind is so incredibly powerful. And when you understand kind of like the backstory to how you can leverage your mind and develop the mindset of a champion and not how just to like survive a situation, but how to thrive, how to conquer, how to dominate if that, if those words resonate with you and dominate in a good way. Dominate just means win by a landslide. It doesn't mean, you know, misuse of power. So if, if that sounds like, yeah, you know what, I would like to do that and, and not be around, you know, these people who just like suck the life out of me. And then I feel bad because I feel like I'm, I'm turning my heart off to them and there's all this need all over the place. And then the next thing you know, like you're exhausted because you're around, you're like a problem solver, you're trying to be there for everybody. And people are just like addicted to negativity. And you yourself actually become addicted to negativity and disappointment and complaining, like it becomes a part of you, you have to be the one to use your mind and say, you know what, enough is enough. And it can feel so unnatural, because it's not you, you've never done it before. 
It's like trying to brush your teeth with the opposite hand. Like you understand the concept, but everything about it is just like you just can't do it really well. Right? Does that make sense? Like it's very awkward. You end up kind of like moving your head back and forth rather than moving your arm back and forth. That's the exact same thing when you're changing how you view a situation how you implement the tactics and strategies of champion mindset coaching so that you can have transformational life experiences like following the light, even though you've been operating in, in negativity or in darkness of that capacity. Does that make sense? And so what I will tell you is that and we do try to abide by this for as much as we can, is what I've noticed is that most people are used to being told what not to do, right? And we see, you know, younger kids today, they've been around like parents who are either nervous, like, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or people who are trying to groom perfection. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. But your mind is actually designed to do stuff. It's designed to hit goals and targets. So what we try to do, and I work my very best to do, um, is always what I call coaching the positive. Tell you what to do. Okay, and here's, here's, here's the backstory. Here's the reason why. Okay, what does that mean? Tell you what to do. If I tell you, look, all right, I want you to cut this potato into one inch size cubes. That's telling you what to do rather than here's the potato. I want you to chop it, but don't cut it julienne. Don't peel it. Um, don't slice it. Um, you know, don't, don't just kind of, you know, half-ass it. That's not telling you what to do. It's just telling you what it's not right? Like there's, there's things like you have to be very clear on what you don't want, but eventually you have to flip your script. You've got to do a 180 degree pivot turn and get clear on what it is that you want, whether it's a tactical skill in front of you, whether it's, it's creating your next life, your next version of yourself, you're growing your enterprise, your team, your family, or whatever, you have to be able to hone in on what it is that you do want and in order to be able to do that, okay, in, in the most, I think, quick way, I was going to say aggressive, but just like, like fast way is focusing in on the light, which is what you do want. There's two things which, which guide human behavior. One is the avoidance of pain and the other one is the pursuit of pleasure. So let's say that the pursuit of pleasure is light, okay? Avoidance of pain is dark. It's going to cause fundamental change, right? If you do something and there is massive painful consequence, you're not going to do that stuff anymore. Does that make sense? So you change your behavior, Okay. And I mean, this could be anything. This could be, you know, leaving the toilet seat up or leaving piles of laundry around and somebody in your household is diagnosed with cancer and now they're getting chemo. And you learn that having exposure to germs can actually kill them because chemo lowers your immunity. So what do you do? You change your behavior. 
you're not leaving, you know, a, a pissy toilet and, you know, maybe you don't, girls, it supplies to us too. I mean, how many times you walk into the bathroom and it's like the girls don't even try to aim for the hole. Like there's pee all over the seat. Like it fundamentally changes your behavior because you know the outcome of that continued behavior will cause pain to the person on chemo, but to yourself if they die from massive infection, right? So it's going to cause a change in your behavior, that avoidance of pain. But eventually, you have to aim for what it is that you do want because human beings are designed to grow and develop. And so here's your here's going to be that, holy crap, I don't realize this moment for you talking about the difference between navigating between that darkness and that lightness, okay? And why we try to, when you coach with us, tell you what to do, coach you in the positive, okay? So here's going to be the example, and we're going to tie this in, and here's what I want you to do. Actually, I'm going to tell you what not to do. Do not, whatever you do, okay, um, I don't want you to think about a red fire truck. Don't do it. Do whatever hold on, whatever you do, do not think of a red fire truck. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't quit it. Don't think of a red fire truck, but you're thinking of it, right? <laughs> because <laughs> we told you what not to do and it's how your brain is actually designed. I know some of you are like, oh my God, all right, dead puppies, dead puppies, dead puppies, okay? I get it. Like you're, you're trying to change your focus, but when energy flows where attention goes. So I put that attention trigger out there for you. All right, don't think of the red fire truck, yet all of a sudden you're thinking about it. That's the exact same way when you are trying to navigate in your cesspool of negativity, if you would, like all you're focusing on is this stuff over here. And even though you're trying not to do it, that's how the brain is designed. Okay. Whereas if we were to say, focus on the, I, I just keep the same analogy. Like I was thinking we saw a bright pink fire truck that was being celebrated for breast cancer awareness. So focus on the bright pink fire truck. Okay. Like you're able to do it and you actually do it with ease. Like it's very simple. Okay. Or focus on a red Corvette. Zoom, like you can see it or focus on the, you know, black and teal Bugatti, like you can do it. Focus on, you know, a beautiful pair of, of high heel stiletto shoes. Like you can focus on it. You can see it and your mind goes and you're like, oh yeah. Right. And, and you feel good about it. That's the difference between following the light and trying not to focus on the dark, right? Like one, it's hard. The other one, it's, it's very simple to do because you're leveraging how your brain and your body's designed. So it's focusing on the light, but it comes down to you when you are switching your behavior to, to put up the strongholds and train your brain on how to follow light instead of remaining in the quote unquote dark, if you would, or that struggle. Okay. And that's a change. It's, it's, you have to be the one to implement that change. And it can be hard again, because sometimes you feel guilty. Sometimes you feel like you're leaving people behind. 
I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be, you know, I don't want to let people down. And I get it. I'm not saying that the change is simple. I'm not, which is why I always recommend and we always recommend that you make relationship changes. Okay. And I'm not talking about relationships, which clearly do not serve you. Okay. I'm not talking about the relationships that are abusive. I'm not talking about the relationships that are, that are substance abuse and addiction related. Okay. Those have to go. You can love them from afar, but you do not have to, you shouldn't remain with that. Okay. I'm talking about, you know, you have friends and friends go through hard times and you're the dumping ground. And you walk away and you just feel continuously like shit because everybody unloads their problems on you. And we see that a lot with people who have a healing spirit. And for me, I'm speaking from personal experience. I get it. I've lived it my whole entire life. And it can be hard because you feel like I'm putting up a wall and that's not my nature. But I'm going to just share with you that when you've reached that aha point, like this, I feel like there's two different roads here. Like I can stay on my path and, and, but I feel like I'm just being pulled down and like everywhere I go, it's just like this continual negativity. I, I, I feel like I'm dying here and I, it's only me, like I'm generating my own energy and I don't have anything like everywhere I go, it's just pulling me down and pulling me down. And the next thing you know, like you're just like moping around and you, you know, maybe you don't make yourself, you know, put in a couple of extra little, you know, steps to make yourself look nice for the day. Maybe you stop, you know, wearing, you know, clean press clothing and you're just kind of like, like you'll start to see it physically. You'll start to do less things. You'll start to, you know, let exceptions in, you know, maybe, you know, my house, you know, my bedroom, I stop making my bed or, you know, I'll start eating fast food and it's like one thing after like it's this constant draining down and I I totally 100% get it which is why I always recommend that when you're making these strong shifts you make those relationship shifts and the major ones with God. I cannot emphasize the importance of that. And he, for me, is like the number one light. Okay, so when you're down in the cesspool, like you just picture, this is what I picture. I picture Jesus, like I'm underneath the water and I'm like drowning down here, whatever. And I just picture like looking up. And if you don't know which is up when you're underwater, like you follow bubbles. Bubbles rise to the surface, okay? So you picture like you watch which way the direction the bubbles are going when you breathe out. Okay, that's up. So you swim in that direction and then when you get up to the surface, like you see Jesus, he's standing on top of the water as he does, but you see his hand coming down, he, his hands in the water. And all you have to do is hold on to his hand and he helps to pull you up and he will show you like what has to go rather than you constantly feeling like I'm just getting rid of this and I'm getting rid of this. And now I feel bad and I pissed off this person and now this and this and that internal dialogue can be the next thing that keeps you stuck and then you're overwhelmed with guilt and feeling like you're not doing enough or not giving enough but it's not about how much you give and I I learned this from the great Jim Rohn it's how much can you give without destroying yourself okay and so I will tell you that like no matter where you are on that journey is that your goal 
to follow the light. You have to, you have to honor where it is that you are. You've got to triage your position. And sometimes it takes different people like bigger steps or more radical moves, if you would, to get out of that because of how long you've been in it, how far, you know, your whole entire life is in it. And that was honestly, that was how I felt is that I've been in the medical world, you know, I will say professionally since I was, what, 23, but leading up to that, I was just talking about this with my mom yesterday, is that I had a whole career of medical before I even became a nurse. And it wasn't even just medical, it was medical and poverty and like every day was just like, what the hell is going to happen today? And it was just like, as a child, you, I think it's even worse because you don't have any control or say so. You're just there doing tests. So my family, like my stepdad had cancer and he was diagnosed, I think I was five years old. And, you know, cancer care has obviously come a long way since then, but this was the latter part of the 1970s. And he, that dude was always sick. He was getting like blood transfusions. He's getting chemo. He had tumors taken out of his abdomen that were the size of a football. And so, I mean, and then he had complications post-operatively and collapsed lung and then got diabetic and then the cancer spread and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we were, we didn't have money because he couldn't work. And I mean, it was like nonstop from the time I was five years old. So for me, looking, you know, like, why do I feel like this? Like every single day. And it wasn't like my family was negative. Like we value life and, you know, we did, you know, little things and, you know, there was love and care, but it was very much like, it was a negative freaking environment because you never, there was always something else going wrong all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And So for me, I had a full quote unquote nursing career before I ever even started my nursing career. So for me, like I say now, like I've reached my maximum saturation on being around death and dying. Like I honest to God, I, you know, I will handle stuff. If my family is in a pinch, like I can come in, I can assist in making executive decisions. I can call attention to the elephant in the room, but I'm not, I can't. I just, I'm done with that now. Like enough is a freak enough. And for me to make that switch and teach my family, like I just want to be around life. Like I, I can't, I'm not going to do that anymore. It doesn't mean that I've lost my fire. It doesn't mean that I've lost my interest in the human body or even that, you know, I don't want people to get better. I do. But you know yourself and you can't lie to yourself that, you know what, that served me for a season. It groomed me. It molded me. It shaped me into the person who I am personally and professionally. It's my job now to recognize this is a no-go at this point and for me to make a transition which obviously involves like a large and I bring in the issue of finance because I know that there's people out there 
you know, if you're in your early 20s, like it's all a, a matter of, of perspective and time. Like when you're in your early 20s, you still have, it's just a different way of life. But the older you are and the more responsibilities you have to make an aggressive change with an uncertain future financially, like shit gets real, real fast. And you know, what can, I can't tell you anything other than the fact that you can't lie to yourself. And when you finally like commandeer, if that's a word, what it is that you're doing, like it, it, it's very freeing and you, you'll be able to feel the shift inside that you're making the right adjustments, but that how you work through it is not always simple. It's not always easy. And you don't even have people support when you're going through it. So then it's like this next level of you're working to follow the light, but now you're having to combat, you know, things that come up in your relationships where people may think, oh, you know what, this person, you know, lost their mind, excuse me, or, you know, they're just, you know, being reckless And I can assure you that when you are, excuse me, making very mature decisions in your professional life, even in your personal life, but you're making now different changes, which upset your financial future, it creates a lot of skepticism in the people who you're around. But that's because they're in that sector of your life, if you would, when you move yourself and now you're surrounding yourself with individuals who I I think corporate terms is thinking outside of the box, but there's not even a box like they're, they're thinking about whether it's how to become, you know, a disruptor and change things, how they've always been done. People who are very innovative, people who are years ahead of where common society is operating. And this has gone back for years and years. I mean, think of like Henry Ford. He is one of those guys. He says it like he was so like adamant about designing a new model of engine and his people were telling him all the time like you can't do this this is impossible and they had multiple failures I can't remember if it was like the four or six cylinder engine there was you he was making a big difference in how things were done but he's quoted with saying you know if I had asked people what they had wanted they would have told me a faster horse like he came in and and it's like a whole different change now like this is not even the same species this is something totally different and from there impacted and and sparked the development of new industries right then gasoline and you know how we use fuel and now how that's changing into different sorts of fuels like that sort of individual when you're hanging around that all of a sudden like you see those day-to-day operations like I was worried about, you know, making a transition with, you know, a job where I'm making whatever, 35000 or $60,000 a year. Well, guess what? The people who make big impacts in the world, like they're not focused on, and hear this message correctly, they're not focused on those small issues. They have bigger issues. Like, okay, gas just went up another 10 cents from, you know, two hours ago. Okay. They're not sitting there having conversation, worrying about that. 
they're thinking and worrying about like much greater problems. Do you know what I'm saying? And so when you're making that transition, it's imperative that number one, you have your Houston, we have a problem moment, okay? And every time you point a finger, there's like three fingers pointing back at you. So you are always in the driver's seat. Like you have to be the one to decide where I'm going. I may be a product of the environment. I may be even the best in my industry or, you know, something. But if, if I'm looking to move the trajectory of my family or create something that's never been created for before or even change that internal feeling from, oh my God, I feel so heavy inside to being light it's up to you and you've got to rather than always focusing on what not to do you have to start infusing yourself and surrounding yourself with light with positivity with what to do does that make sense and then once you're in that then you start to you notice you feel different when you come out of a meeting or a group where honest to God, it's not, and I want to be clear about this, it's not the same feeling that you get when you come out of a fundraiser. It's totally different. So when you're around people, think about this, like people who have an honest to God zest for life. So it may or may not be at a fundraiser, but what I'm saying is like you hang around athletic people or people who are creative, like like a zest for life. Like they can't wait to wake up and do something that day. Like they're just moving forward. This is so exciting. Like how, and you're like, what the hell is that person on? Like at first you're skeptical, but then you realize like they're legit about this. Why don't I feel like that? Like it starts to play on your mind and you start to you make your decision. Like, where do I want to go? Who do I want to be around? Do I want to stay here? Like you are in the driver's seat. God, he, I picture us in a Bugatti. I picture like God is actually sitting in the, in the passenger seat and I'm driving him. He's navigating, <clears throat> excuse me. He's like charting the course and he just, he knows that I like to drive and he knows I like to drive fast. And so he's like, okay, let's take the Bugatti out. You know, he programs in the GPS where it is that we're going. And, you know, like we go to the places together. And then when I, you know, get really tired, cause I'm like going, 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 going. He's like, all right. Are you ready to, you know, get on my luxury yacht or, you know, my pontoon boat and, or even like my inner tube and just kind of like waddle in the water, in the sun? Like, are you ready to chill? Like, so that's how I envision it in my brain. And you can do the same thing, but you have to start following that light. Does that make sense? And I will tell you, here's a couple of quick strategies for you. One of the things that unequivocally helped me, and this was like a radical shift, was one of my coaches talked about doing, I think he, a 30 day, um, 30 days of no news. I forget what he had like a cool title for his thing, but it was like, stop listening to the news <clears throat> and reading the paper. If you still read the paper and that includes online formats, of course, don't do that for 30 days. 
And the reason is, is that usually you watch it last thing before you go to sleep or first thing in the morning, like you flip on the tube, you got the news on there and all you are hearing is negativity. You're hearing about death and dying, political unrest, you know, mass casualty shootings. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, like, you still have to be aware of current events, but those two times of day, especially before you go to sleep and when you wake up in the morning, that's actually when your mind is most sensitive to the information that you allow it to come into it, okay? And here's gonna be your example, okay? Picture a sponge. And I know like we hear all the time, like, oh, your brain is a sponge. Well, it is. And if you picture a sponge that's dry, like dried out, like it's hard, like you can't even bend it, all right? So that's your brain. During the early morning times when you first wake up and before you go to sleep, the brain is like all is so sensitive and it's super absorbent. Well, if, when you start dripping water on a sponge, when it's hard like that, you know how it eventually becomes more squishy and then it, you fill it up with water and it grows like it, the sponge is bigger than when it was just like that shriveled little dried up thing. That's exactly how your brain is. And then when the sponge meets what we call maximum saturation, like it can't hold any more water, you squeeze it and the water, you know, leaks out of it. That's exactly how your brain is, is that when you squeeze it, the only thing that can come out of the sponge is what went into the sponge, which is water. And your brain is the same exact way. So when you, when you saturate it with drama and chaos and essentially negativity and that could be in any format that can be what you're reading on social media the people that you I mean it's anything but in this case you know this is simple like thing to do it's the news the only thing that can come out is what you put in does that make sense? So there's a huge parallel there okay well if I'm looking to change this stuff like I don't want that shit in my brain okay turning on the news or keeping the news off, not watching it, not even having it in the background as like keeping you company, okay? That's gonna be a simple thing to cut off, okay? Because now you have to find something else to replace it. And this could be time alone. This could be time in prayer. This could be positive, uplifting podcasts, motivational videos. This could be time in the word. This could be, you know, any sort of, you know, biographies, autobiographies about people who have conquered, you know, challenges and their perspective on like things that lift you personal development tools and books, right? Even sitting on the porch, you know, with a cup of coffee as the sun's coming up or, you know, yoga practice before you go to sleep. I don't know what it is for you, but when you start to change that, you cut off that one first thing. Okay, now let's go find light. Let's follow light. What happens is that over time, it starts to program and recalibrate, if you would, your brain chemicals. What? Remember I said like, disappointment is an addiction and when you make changes like you suddenly get like cravings for foods if you've changed how you ate or anything like that you get those food cravings well that's tied into brain chemistry so now it's the same thing with behavior is that when you're making these changes and you're putting in place the positivity you 
stop watching the news for 30, 60 nights. I, I did it for 30 days. I never put the news back in my routine. I noticed uh, after like the first week, I noticed how different I felt in not watching the freaking news. I couldn't believe it. It's one of those things you don't believe it until you actually experience it. And you're like, oh my God, for real? And I never put it back. And now when I see the news, I'm like, oh my God, why do I have to be subjected to this shit? Like I only see the news when I'm at the gym for real. And you're in the locker room and like you can't get, I just keep my earbuds in all the time. I just, I'm not dealing with that. I get my current events from very specific places and I minimize my exposure. You know, I get the information, I get out and that's that because it's not, I don't allow that anymore into my space to, to, I guess, control where it is that I'm driving our family in the future or our business in the future or our levels of professionalism or coaching or anything into the future. I want to know it. I want to know what's going on. And part of it is professional. Like I I need to know trends, but I also need to know trends for my family. Where should we be living? You know, what are the issues that are happening here so that we can make higher level executive decisions and have course correction from up above rather than trying to just do these little band-aid cures to merely survive. Does that make sense? So you're changing that whole entire perspective, but in order to be able to do that, like you got to take cement shoes off. Like you, this is an active process. And on this podcast, we talk about this is our goal here is to shorten that time period from idea inception to execution. All right. So you get an idea, you're in action. You're, it's not, I get an idea and now I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe one day I could kind of, you know, do that. And, you know, once I'm finished with this, 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 and then I'll do this, this, and this, we're about, let's take action and take massive action. And we're very certain about the steps that we're taking, even though you don't always know what the immediate result is going to be right? There's a, there's an issue of planning and training and coaching and practicing that you expect a certain result, but you can expect as you go along the way, there's going to be mistakes and missteps and things that come up that you never even dreamt. Like I didn't even know to expect that because I didn't even know that I didn't know it until now. (laughs) Now I know it, right? But that's part of the process as well. And what I'm here to tell you without a shadow of a doubt is that Course correction, it's never too late to course correct, but you have to be honest with yourself and listen. If that is, if if how you're feeling is how I describe myself to feel, like everything is fine except I have this pulling down, that's simply like, that's, call it the Holy Spirit, call it your intuition, call it following your heart. I don't care what you call it. The importance is that you honor it in some capacity. And maybe for you, maybe for you, the answer is not to completely like, like rip the bandaid off and do something different. I will tell you that I've been called to serve in a different capacity now. So it's not, you know, this radical, like all of a sudden she's just like crunchy granola and, you know, she's talking about all this weird shit. It's that I'm stepping up into what my previous self created for me. I'm standing on the platform that I built before and I'm following the path of people who have 
you know, achieved and done great things to be of service to people from higher levels, right? Wherever you are, like I, I believe everybody, we're all called into service. And some people are called to be of service locally and have zero aspirations to go and grow, but they make a huge difference. And this, for I think a lot of people, this is parenthood during that season, but all seasons eventually end. And it's whether or not you allow yourself to continue to, if you would like go with the flow, what, where's the next thing? This over here is not serving us any well, anymore, well anymore rather. And how are we going to change this thing? Are we going to allow to change this thing? You know, what things do we need to, you know, hold tight to? What are the traditions that we love? What are the things like the root, the values that we have here? And when is it time to adapt and move? Whether it's moving geographically, whether it's moving industry-wise, whether it's, it's moving how you spend your time, where you donate your attention, your energy, any of your resources, like that's part of, of your job is to always be a step ahead rather than just trying to like, you know, paddle the water so you can just survive. Like you want to, you want to be ahead and say, okay, this is where we want to go. Let me look back to where we are. And now how do we steer the vehicle to get there? You don't try to figure out how you're going to do it without having an end destination. Does that make sense? But it's about following the light, the things that lift and elevate you and surrounding yourself with the people who lift and elevate you so that you can grow like the lotus, like everybody knows about the lotus, like it grows up out of like murk and filth and it turns into what is one of the most beautiful flowers. And it's, it's, you see it pop up in different, even like religious spheres because of its purity and what it represents. And that's exactly, you know, what you can do for yourself, but it starts with that decision. Huh. We can't stay here. I may not know where the future is or where I need to go. I just know that where we are is not serving us. And putting your radar out there that when you're around people or you read things or you experience things and it changes fundamentally how you feel inside, where you feel lighter, that's the light. That's... (laughs) Not like go to the light, but like that's the vector of light, the beam of light where you're following. Does that make sense? And that always yields beautiful results. Now you're going to have work and you're going to have obstacles and that's when you embrace, I believe, like the dark side of your personality, the things that you know work for you, like your work ethic, your hustle, your drive, your passion, your ability to endure hardships, like that's part of it. You have built that steel force for yourself. You use that as part of like your driving vehicle, but you are following the light. And what you will find is that through that, you won't have to operate in the darkness. You're going to be digging deep into the recesses of like warrior mode for yourself. And that's what's going to then elevate you and push you into your new light space, if you would. Does that make sense? So how's that for 
a bunch of information and, and changing, you know, perhaps maybe how you're viewing your situation when you get to that point of like where we are is seriously like no longer serving us. The coaching tip, the coaching cue is to follow the light. Okay, so we say like we, we work to coach in the positive I'm telling you what to do. That's follow the light. So I thank you so much. That's all that we have time for today. I thank you so much for joining us. Again, this has been the Transformation Gold podcast. And my name is Nicole DeVincentis. You can find me on Instagram at figurechick911. Um, I have a YouTube channel as well. Just got to put more content on there, which is figurechick911. And if there's anything that myself as a coach, anybody on my team, our organization can do to serve you, your team, your agency, your community, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our website is www.transformationgold.org. Click the contact us button and, and let's have a talk. All right. So let's make it a great day and don't forget to follow the light. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.